us in the house of God today. God bless you, Brother Brock. Amen. Let's just continue that and give him praise. Clap our hands, lift our voices. Amen. He is certainly worthy of all that we can give this morning. Are you thankful to be in the Lord's house? Amen. Are you thankful that his presence is here? Hallelujah. We worship and love you, God. Give you honor and adoration, Savior. Meet us now, God. Touch every need. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. It is good to be here and to feel the Holy Ghost moving in our midst. Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, I want to turn this morning to one verse of Scripture. It'll be Mark chapter 4 and verse number 8. As you're turning, I want to say, as always, it is an extreme honor to preach to this church. This church knows me, I know you, so I cannot be slack. I have to deliver the word to the best of my ability, and I appreciate that. I appreciate the challenge. I love this pulpit. I love my leadership. I'm doubly blessed to have pastor although it does sometimes make one nervous to be in the presence of great men of God, all these men. But when your pastor's in your presence, a lot of times he's gone, I get to preach. It's an honor to stand here before him. He's the voice of God in my life, so I don't take this lightly. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 4 and verse number 8. Jesus speaking this parable. And other fell on good ground... And did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, and some sixty, and some an hundred. And other fell on good ground. This morning's title is this, The Sower, the Seed, and the Soil. Amen. Put your Bibles down. Let's ask the Lord to help us. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence and to hear your word, I pray God, that the word goes forth as a seed that would fall on good ground, a seed that would bring forth fruit in its season in each and every one of these hearers and beyond these four walls. Do a mighty work, I pray, and we'll be careful to give you the praise in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Thank you for standing. God bless you. You may be seated. And other fell on good ground. The setting of this scripture is at the sea of Galilee, and Jesus has been performing up to this point many, many miracles, many healings, deliverances. He's even raised the dead, and this miracle ministry of Jesus has become so popular that it has spawned a following of mass proportions, and the crowd is so large that Jesus takes the opportunity to stand in a boat on the Sea of Galilee and to teach the crowd while they're standing on the shore. And I pray that this church experiences so many miracles and so many blessings of God, and that God works on our behalf in this place, that there would be a drawing of people that would come. There would be a thronging of the multitudes. Amen. I am excited to be in the kingdom of God, and it should be the desire of every saint to watch God's miracles unfold, not only for us, but unto the hearers, unto them that are afar off, unto everyone that we can reach in our lifetime and beyond. I want to see people blessed by the Word of God. This is where Jesus is in this boat 
he is now teaching a parable unto those that are hearing. And Jesus uses parables. It's interesting at this time. Many people have their own definitions of what parables were for. Um, but this wasn't intended purposefully to clarify uh, his teachings better in a simple matter because his disciples came to him later and they would ask, what did you mean by that parable? So it wasn't always something that was simple or to clarify. There was a reason for these parables. A lot of times they were meant to conceal and to reveal. Most parables were set in the context of confrontation between Jesus and the spiritual elite. So the truth would be concealed from those religious powers who were seeking to destroy him at the time or catch him in his words. But it would give revelation to those that were spiritual, those that had ears to hear, let them hear. And in our opening text today of Mark chapter 4, that is exactly how Jesus begins this parable. He says, hearken, listen, this is important. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed that some fell by the wayside. And the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Verse 5 of chapter 4 and some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell, our opening verse, on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some an hundred. And Jesus says unto them, he says, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. It's important to hear what the Lord is saying. Even though at the time it may not be clear or completely received, it is important to listen. A lot of times in, in parenting, we just want our children to listen. I don't want feedback right now. I don't want your thoughts. I just need you to listen to me. Hear, hearken what thus saith the parent. Listening is a skill. It is a skill. And it is one that I try and perfect. Because as a husband, sometimes, I want to fix it. When I should be listening and hearkening and just comforting in my Politeful, I understand, I understand. It's a skill. Hearken, Jesus is speaking very explicitly and he wants what he is saying to be caught by those who he intends to catch his words. Palestinian, uh, Palestinian culture, when it came to planting and sowing, was a lot different than today. Most of the crops today, they will plow a field with nice rows, and they have machines that will drop seeds every certain uh, amount of feet, and then it'll cover it back, and, and we have a nice, you can go down and look at orchards, and, and they even use surveyors with instruments to set those rows because those trees have to, in order to grow properly, and each tree having the right, the right amount of nutrients has to be spaced such, and so that's not how it was done in Palestinian culture. 
but you would have a sower that would go and he would have his apron or some type of bag and in that bag was seed and he would grab and he would toss the seed hoping to find good ground, hoping to find soil that would attach itself to the seed that could be plowed in later and hoping to find an increase in his planting. A good harvest was about eight times as much as what was planted. A great harvest was about ten times as much. So Jesus is making a connection with his hearers in the culture of that day, explaining to them that here comes a sower, and he's going, and he's casting seed, and he's hoping to reap benefit. He's hoping that there will be a harvest because of the goods that he is tossing. He's hoping to find good soil. There went out a sower. And our prayer should be, God help me to be a sower. A lot of times we're wanting to be the recipients. We're wanting to get instead of give. God, I want to be a sower. I want to be somebody. The sower represents somebody who is spreading the word. The seed is the word. The word of God. I want to spread the word of God. We're reaching. We're going around and we're making sure that we're testifying of the goodness of the Lord. There needs to be more spreading of the gospel. It works. The gospel is the only thing that works. It's the only thing that brings salvation. It's the only thing that can bring eternal happiness. I want to be a sower. I want to be somebody that can testify about the goodness of the Lord. I want others to know what God has done for me. And so I'm going out and I'm telling others about Jesus. That's why this harvest that we are doing, completing the full harvest, is so important because it takes the eye out and it becomes a we thing. I want you to be a part of this. You need to be a part of the harvest. What can we do to make the church grow? What can we do to make the kingdom of God expand? We can do it by sowing. I'm very thankful for a sower. I am thankful for the man of God who preaches and teaches the word of God. Let us not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. The labor is worthy of his reward, the Bible says. Let us not get to a place where we don't want to hear the sower giving us the word of God. Let our ears always be open and not deaf to what thus saith the Lord. I'm thankful for a man of God that will stand behind a pulpit and preach un preach unfettered the word of God to a saint that needs to hear it so a seed will be planted and so life can be produced. I'm thankful for Sunday school teachers. I'm thankful for how they sow the word of God into the hearts of children. We need that today. We need that today. I was talking to Brother Austin Frost at our men's breakfast yesterday morning and they do this uh, thing in kindergarten class where the kindergarten, the kinder, kindergarten students can, can choose what type of greeting they want. You want a fist bump? You want a high five? You want whatever? You want a hug? And so he says, statistically, the majority of those that are bust in from our community, they don't want fist bumps, and they don't want high fives. They want a hug. I'm thankful for a Sunday school teacher that can sow a seed of love, which is an example of Jesus Christ, because God is love. And I want to emulate what God is. 
And so I'm thankful for those. I'm thankful for those who teach Bible studies, who sow the Word of God to the hungry. And I'm thankful for every T-Rocket volunteer. You may not know it, but they're sowing a seed of faithfulness. They're sowing a seed. They're bringing people to a place where there's a culture where the Word of God is sown. I'm thankful for those types of ministries, for prayer warriors who create an atmosphere Fear of worship where God can move and where seeds of God can germinate. I am thankful for a Christian school that sows seeds of biblical education to our children. It's important to be a sower today. I want somebody to know who Jesus Christ is. And the best way to do that is to communicate it myself. I am thankful for the men's prayer breakfast. At the end of that, there was some seed sown. Valuable seed. Thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful today for the sower. We should strive to sow and spread the Word of God, whether it be a Bible study, a testimony, an invitation to God's house. Hearken, behold, a sower went out to sow. I need a word of God. I need a word from the Lord. I need a healing. I need miracles. We need faith. We need all of these things. It's going to come by the Word of God. And you can trust me on this. The world has their own sowers. The world is trying to plant seeds of evil and corruption. The enemy is trying to cast you about with every wind of doctrine. And he's trying to scatter you with cunning craftiness. The world is trying to plant seeds of deception into your life. The teachings of the word of God are not only being diluted by vain religion, but they're also being diluted and eradicated from all venues of life. The world doesn't like this seed that we're sowing. The enemy of our soul is trying to prevent there from being a harvest, and he's working on double time because he knows we're living in the last days. So he's working twice, if not more than that, harder. We should be worried today. We should be worried about planting. That should be our goal. Where am I planting? Where am I watering? Where am I fertilizing and keeping the word of God alive? That should be what we are doing in our concern. Let God give the increase. Let God thrust in the sickle and reap the harvest. But we need to keep making sure that our efforts are sowing and planting and watering. Sowing and planting and watering. Keeping this word of God alive. Amen. And the seed, Jesus said, is the word of God. There is so much power in a seed. If you think about seeds, you want to see how powerful a seed can be? You want to see a miracle? Just try this. Take a seed the size of a freckle and plant it under several inches of dirt. Give it some water and give it some light and nurture it, fertilizer, and get ready. Those roots will cause mountains to be removed. It doesn't matter uh, what the ground uh, is in terms of weight. If there's enough nutrients that seed will grow a root and sprout. I like this one Louis L'Amour book. It started off by saying it all started because of a wolf. And a wolf 
was chasing a rabbit and ran into a tree, something like that. This isn't verbatim, so don't Google check me. Something, and because of all the disturbance, he knocked the seed out of the tree, and it rolled into a crack, and the seed found fertile, good ground, and it grew roots, and it spread open the earth insomuch that a canyon was formed, and a river, and all of this, and this is the setting for where this took place, this valuable, uh, rich earthen area. Seeds are powerful. I'll tell you, if you have an old sewer or septic system, and you have a big old tree next to that sewer line that was built around the same time, you will find you'll get a clog soon because the roots from that seed have penetrated in through the PVC and have caused a great problem because now you have blockage in your septic. The roots have clogged the pipe. Seeds are powerful. Seeds are powerful, and the seeds that we're planting are powerful. We need to allow them to germinate into something that is great. We need to nurture the growth with the light of the gospel. Seeds have a shelf life, and a lot of seeds can last more than three years. I remember uh, hearing about Machu Picchu and they, that high altitude. How did they sustain themselves? They kept seeds on the, on, the, on the cold side or the back side of a mountain where the temperature was low enough and the moisture was low enough that they could go and grab those seeds and plant them during the time of, 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 or the season of crops, and they would keep their seeds alive for a great amount of time. The Bible says the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8. The word of God is going to stand forever. It's even more powerful than a seed because it has no shelf life. It stands forever. So I want to be a part of something that's lasting. I want to be a part of something that's going to stand forever. That's why it's important to be in the house of the Lord. That's why it's important to get here. That's why we don't have any days off living for God. We're living for God every day. Amen. Because His Word is powerful and I want to be a testimony of that Word. The Bible says the Word in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. God is the living Word. The Word became flesh. Amen. And it's important to know today who that Word is. We teach Him as the only one true God, as the Bible states. There is only one God. His name is Jesus, and He is the living Word. Hebrews chapter 4 says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It can separate your thoughts and the intentions. The Word of God is that sharp and that powerful. I want to be a place where the Word of God can penetrate my mind and my thinking. I want someone to sow it to me so it can fall on good ground, so my ways can be altered in a way that pleases God. The Word of God is quick. It can do it now. It can do it now. It's powerful. There's nothing that can, uh, there's nothing that can push away or be stronger than the Word of God. It is powerful. Amen. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Yes, we need food for our flesh to live, but if you want to live eternally, then you need every word that proceeds. 
How many words? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how you live. I want to hear all of the word of the Lord that I can hear. And the only way that I'm going to do that is if I'm faithful in attendance to the house of God. If I'm at home and I'm meditating in prayer and I'm talking to Jesus, letting him talk back to me. If I'm reading his word, I want to do this every day. This is part of discipleship. This is how you grow. This is the seed that I want planted in my life. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. The only way that you can grow fruitfully is by having the sincere milk of what? The word. I need the word today. John said, or jo uh, Joshua said in chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. It's not going to leave your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You want to prosper. You want your way to be prosperous. You want to have good success. Then you need to read the word of God. You need to hear the word of God. Amen. Amen. It's never on my timing, but it's on his timing. And if you involve yourself in the things of the Word of God, your life will be blessed. Hallelujah. Your life will be prosperous. You will have good success. Anybody hear what I'm saying today? Has the Word of God been true to you? Have you found it to never fail you? Have you found it to be a seed that will bring life everlasting, that will bring hope, that will bring joy? Hallelujah. If you're depressed, you can go to the Word of God and you can find a seed that will bring you happiness. And if you're depressed, you can find something that will bring you joy in the Word of God because His Word is true. Let His Word be true and every man a liar. I'm going to involve myself in something that is true. It must be in our thoughts, His Word, day and night. Meditation means to focus one's thoughts on. Focusing in meditation, reflection, or ponder over the Word of God. The key to your success in this life and your life beyond hinges on the Word of God and your response to the Word. Because sometimes the Word of God, it can prick your heart and it doesn't feel really comfortable. But if you let it penetrate and do the work and you let your soil be good, you will find true happiness. I like this verse. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And if we ever live in a world that needs light or things are getting dark, it's today. And so the word not only gives us the direction to go, it doesn't only give you the path to go, but it also lights up the little details of our life that we seem to trip over. This is exciting. His word helps us. The word needs to be sown in our life. Sometimes we just need a word from God. You ever feel God, you ever pray, God, just give me a word. I'm struggling. I need a word from you. That is a very good prayer. I want that word to fall in my heart and give me hope. Answer what my difficulties are bringing. I want the word of God planted. So the word of God. It gives life. It gives answers. I just need a word. Sometimes I just need to come to church and let the unction of the Holy Ghost spark on the lips of the sower or the preacher 
and the anointed word of God can be uttered into my life and my heart can be changed. Hallelujah. I love the word of God. I need to fall in love with the word of God. Hallelujah. It corrects, it guides, it helps. It causes me to mature and grow in him. It is a seed that can be planted. Hallelujah. The sower and the seed, very important factors in our lives as apostolics. The soil is important too. Soil is fascinating. My wife, she loves plants. And I'll just say this at the beginning, and she's not in here. She's in toddlersville this morning. She hears me preaching enough at home, so giving her a break, I guess. Just kidding. But she loves plants, and uh, it used to be, it used to be we'd go, and she'd want plants. She'd want plants. What do you want for Mother's Day, honey? I want to go to Home Depot or Walmart, buy some plants. And I would chuckle, oh, these poor plants, if I could just hear their voice, don't take me, we're going to die. Like, these poor plants are going to kill them, these living organisms. Why are you doing that? But I love them. They're so pretty. I want them to live. I really do. <laughs> that was a real conversation. And I have. I, I, I've bought plants, and there were, there were some that did not make it, but there are plenty of plants in my home from the entryway into my house. There's plants in my, in my home. There's plants in her office, and, and now she has learned through trial and error. Uh, she's very good at keeping them watered and fertilized, and they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Tending to the soil is extremely important. Certain, certain types of plants require a certain amount of attention or type of attention. Um, we're talking about good ground, though. And God's going to give you a word, and the type of soil that he wants it to fall on may be different than this person's type of soil, but it has to be good soil. Soil is, is important. Soil is everywhere. It's interesting, especially from the field of construction. Everywhere you go, there's dirt, there's soil. And great buildings are built upon tiny specks of dust. Because soil is everywhere and it has to be built upon. And so compaction and bedrock and things like that in the soil matter to when it comes to building the structure. But soil is everywhere. It's on the mountaintops and it's down in the valley low. It's at the bottom of the ocean. There's all, soil is everywhere. The earth is full of it. Um, there are 70,000 different types of soil just in the U.S. So... Like I said, there's different varieties and species of soil. And they're usually classified based on how much sand or silt and clay can be found in them, which will determine what kind of things can grow inside of them. And uh, we all know that soil is, is diverse. I don't know if any of you have been to the landfill in town. The, it's called the Bina Landfill. And we will not go out there to survey on a rainy day or after a rainy day. Because the soil type out there is, is clay. And after rain, if you try to hammer wood or nails for survey points in that clay, you can. I have bent several 60-penny nails trying to stake out the gatehouse. You see, if you've ever been, those gatehouses. We surveyed those in after rain. It got hard. I tried to pound all the alignments in. I bent probably 60 nails just putting that in dirt because of the clay. It hardened. And if it's wet... If you're going out there just after a rain, then you're going to get stuck because it's slippery. 
extremely slippery. I don't know how many times I have sat just going nowhere with my tires spinning because of that soil type. There's different soil types. Soil is alive. Soil is alive. It seems like it's inert, but it is actually teeming with life. It is considered a living system. Soil is. And there are more living organisms in one tablespoon of soil than there are than people on the earth. Rich, fertile soil, one tablespoon, more living organisms in that one tablespoon than there are people on the earth. And I have seen uh, reports that say they, that scientists have only uncovered about 10% of all of the organisms inside soil. There is such a vast uh, world in the soil. Most of our antibiotics come from what's in the soil. So it's, it's important. It's, it's, it's an ingredient of life that is important. One teaspoon of soil contains between 100 million to 1 billion bacteria. One teaspoon. And one gram of soil can, can contain as much as 75,000 species of bacteria, 25,000 species of fungi, 1,000 species of protozoa, and several hundred species of nematodes. It's incredible what God has put, uh, how much power he's put into small things, things that seem insignificant. Let me make the analogy today. You may seem or feel like you are insignificant and that you don't mean much, but God has invested so much in you, and that's why he wants you to be in the place where a sower is casting seed, because if you can just get the word of God inside of you and grafted in you, you will be something so fruitful and prosperous that, that, that hell cannot stop you. When you, can get, when you can get excited about living for God and his word, here's another interesting fact, 1,400,000 earthworms can be found in just one acre of farmland. Those earthworms are so important to the life of the soil. They move around. They transfer nutrients. They can eat so many tons. One earthworm can eat so many tons of dirt within its lifetime. So it's essential to life. And why are we talking about science today and soil? Because the Lord talked about it. He talked about good ground. He talked about a seed going to good ground. He talked about... Seed going to ground that was thorny and seed going to ground that was stony. And so uh, the soil has a representation. It has an analogy. What does the soil or the good ground represent? It represents the heart or your understanding. The, the, the soil represents the heart or the inner man, the mind, the will, the understanding, the inclination, your determination, your moral character. It is your seed of emotions the heart is. Your passions, this is the seat of your appetite, the seat of courage. The heart is the soil. And so God is letting the sower throw the seed into the earth, hoping that it will reach its destination and germinate and sprout. The heart is what he's trying to get the word of God engrafted into. The Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it, out of your heart are the issues of life. Jeremiah said it this way. I'll read this passage, verses 5 through 10 of chapter 17. 
Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm or his strength, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the earth in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not be inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be, he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when, heart, when, when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful, the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Lord searcheth the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Our heart is deceitful. Vain imaginations and corrupt things can come from the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So it's careful. We have to be careful on what's in our heart. And that's why it's important to have the word of God in our lives. You know, we do a thing at work. I don't conduct this, but the engineers require that before there's any kind of development, there has to be a soils report. Before you build on any type of ground, there needs to be a report on how safe the soil is. Registered civil engineers are the only ones that can perform this study. And what they're looking for in this report is to identify any type of expansive soils. You don't want soil that can retain too much water and then erode underneath the structure that you have built or high water tables like in a basement area that can cause a lot of hydrostatic pressure and cause the walls to cave in or shifts in the surface uh, uh, from rock structures as well as its response to earthquakes. A soils report has to be done and conducted to see if it's good soil. And I just want to make the analogy this day, this morning, that we need to evaluate our heart. We need to, we need to perform a soils report. God, try the reins of my heart. Is there any wicked thing in me? I want you to remove it so I can be productive in your kingdom. I want you to take away any bitterness, any root system that's going to clog what you have in store for me. Take it from me. Let me have good soil so I can receive your word. There's many verses that talk about the heart, and I know I won't have much time to read them all but so many are the verses that say take heed to yourself lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life and so the day come upon you unawares we have to take care of our heart we have to take care of it with repentance we have to take care of it with prayer God take away anything that's not going to cause the word of God to grow and let me be fruitful hallelujah God monitor my heart do a soils report on me. Is there any wicked thing that you can find? Harden not your hearts, the Bible says. But if you have any bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The Bible says, draw nigh unto God, he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. A heart is something that we have to keep pure. We have to keep a base. We have to keep full of the love of God. 
And the only way you can do that is if you let good seed come from the word of God into your life. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. The heart is the soil, and I won't be much longer, and the musicians may come, but in conclusion today, the only way the seed will grow is if it finds good ground. We need to pay attention to our hearts, our understanding. We need to make sure that our ground is good. My brother Chris was talking to me yesterday at the men's breakfast, and he has a lot of yard work to do, he tells me, because of all the rain that we've had recently. He has weeds this tall in his backyard, and it's going to take him some time to remove them. But the funny thing about it all is the seeds grew on top of a flower bed that he had a weed barrier on, and then he had the plastic, and he, he had everything to protect weeds from coming through. Unbeknownst to him, the soil that he put on top is where the weeds grew. And weeds are opportunists. They can grow in harsh conditions. It doesn't take much for a weed to grow. You know, it takes work. It takes work if you want something to flourish the right way on good ground. Amen. It takes time. It takes time. A weed can grow up like that. You don't want weeds in your life. You don't want those sprouting up. That's not the kind of growth. That's not the kind of seed that you want to see. But it, it, it started to grow because of all the rain, even pushed its roots down through all of that barrier to reach more earth. We don't need weeds in our life. We need the word of God. And coming to the house of God and hearing his word, that sower is tossing seed. And he wants somebody to catch what thus saith the Lord. And it may take time. It may take a little while. But if your heart is good, you will see a, a, a plant start to bring up itself from the earth and leaves form. And then pretty soon, if you're tending to it correctly, there will be fruit that grows. You can share with others. Jesus' disciples came to him and they asked, Lord, what meaneth this parable? These are the words of the Lord, Mark chapter 4, verse 13. He said, Know ye not this parable? How then will you know all parables? The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard Satan cometh immediately, when they heard the word, Satan cometh immediately, and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. He didn't even get a chance to find good soil because Satan came immediately and took it away. And here are those which are on stony ground who when they have heard the word immediately they receive it. They receive God's word with gladness. but They have no root in themselves. And for a time they endure but afterward when affliction and persecution ariseth for the word's sake immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. You know what's interesting about these, especially the last two, stony ground, thorny ground, 
is the seed's power, it's powerful enough. It's going to grow. All it needs is some soil. All it needs is some willingness. All it needs is just a little help, and it's going to sprout. But if you have things on the outside or down below that are blocking the root system or on the outside that's choking the life of the plant, you're not going to make it. That's why, that's why it's so important to live a life of holiness. Because there's so many thorns out there that are trying to choke the Word of God and keep it fruitful in your life. I'm thankful to be set apart. I'm thankful to be a peculiar people because that's what God intended for us to be. Holy and acceptable unto Him. We are vessels of honor. We can't let things choke us. We can't let the things of this world get a hold of us. And the things below the surface that people can't see. We can't have hardened hearts. We can't have roots of bitterness. We can't have things in our deep emotion that, that stop propelling us from growing and excelling in God's kingdom. We need good ground. You know what good ground consists of? My wife, she's into this compost stuff. I got this composter in my backyard. All the dead living organism stuff, that's where it goes. Eggshells, peelings from vegetable, vegetables. You can put bone pieces in that. Anything that's biodegradable, that's organic. Dead things. Dead things. You know what needs to happen in your heart? You need to let some things die. Things that are no longer living that won't bring you life, you need to let it go and let it die. You know what happens when you start doing that? That richens your soil, that causes you to be strong and, and it sets you above all the pain and all the hurt. When you let jealousies die, envies die, strifes die, all these things that want to tear you down, it fertilizes your soil. I want to be a part of the church that preaches the good things of the Lord, the blessings of God. His promises are yay and amen. I'm not looking back at the past. That's yesterday. I'm moving forward. Plant your seed on the ground. Plant your seed on this good ground. Hallelujah. So my question as we stand together in the house of the Lord for this Sunday school lesson this morning is which of the soils best represent my responsiveness to the word of God? Which of these soils are going to be hard and not here? And that's going to happen. The sower has one job. He's just going around. He has his bag of seed. And he's hoping. He's just hoping. Let there be good ground. Let there be, let there be somebody that will just accept the word of the Lord. Let, just, let there be somebody that's willing to change and be fruitful today. The sower is sowing so... What type of ground are you going to be? Are you going to hide something beneath and be stony and hard-hearted? Are you going to let the cares of this world choke you out, the burdens of life? I love God, but I have this struggle. I love God, but that person across the aisle. I love God, but, you know, I have this situation. I love God, but I have too much money. I love God, but I need to go here and there and everywhere. I don't have time for the Word of God. Or are you going to be like the person that has good ground? Number two, am I hard-hearted to the extent that it will, that it never, that it never enters in to begin with? Was I eager to respond at one time, but now roots are dry 
Where are you at? What is your heart? Do I allow people and circumstances to capture all of my attention so that God's word gets choked out? This morning we're talking about good ground. Good ground. It's interesting in Mark chapter 4, if you read it, Mark's version of, of the parables, he goes into even the sower and the growing seed, that the sower sows the seed, and late at night, he doesn't even know how, but the seed starts to grow because it found good ground. And the Lord, he comes of the harvest, and he, he strikes in the sickle, and he reaps the harvest unbeknownst to the sower. The sower is thankful, but he doesn't understand how it works. I don't understand completely how the Word of God works, but I know it does work, and I know His ways are above our ways. And then it even talks about the mustard seed in Mark chapter 4. And at that time, there's a lot of controversy. Bible scholars pick on Jesus' words where he says it's the smallest seed. Yes, there's smaller seeds. But to the Palestinians, the smallest seed that they knew of was the mustard seed. And he talks about if you plant it, even though it's very small, even though you may not understand how powerful it is, you may not understand how it all works and grows and and becomes a tall stalk where birds can lodge into the top of it and it can cast shadows and shade for you to rest underneath. You may not understand how that works out of just this small seed, but all you need to be worried about is the good ground. Are you good ground? I can take care of the soil. I can take care of where the seed is planted. I can make sure that God is going to be happy with the end result if I just keep doing what I'm supposed to do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So as they sing today, let us make a commitment, even now, even now that God, I want more of your word. I want to be a part of your kingdom. I want to hear, I want to receive it. I want you to take control of my behavior, of my responses. Uh, I want to understand better God. Lord, let me be good ground. Hallelujah. I want to be good ground. Is that your prayer this morning? I want to be a willing vessel. Let's pray together. These altars are open. Do you have good ground? What is the condition of your heart today? Is it good soil? Or is it full of stone? Are there, root, are there thorns on the surface choking out the blessings of God? Or are you so hard that you don't even know how to receive the word of God today? I open these altars here or even where you are. Just raise your hands. God, work on my heart this morning. I want to receive your word. Hallelujah. Willing vessel. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Just for a few more moments. Hallelujah. Let's worship him. I want to be a willing vessel. A vessel you can use, God. Hallelujah. I want to be a willing vessel. Let my heart be right, God. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah, raise your hands today, worship Him. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Let me be. Let me be a way. 